This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. In this episode of the Back in Engineering Show, I discuss the hot optimization in Postgres, which stands for heap only tuple. But uh, I, I take it from the original problem and why this optimization uh, was created in order to solve this problem. And this is one of the reasons why Uber effectively moved from Postgres to MySQL. Let's jump into it. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcast. With that said, let's get on on the show. What is going on, guys? My name is Hussein, and uh, as some of you might know, I'm still in vacation, and uh, I don't have my regular office and mic and the camera, so I apologize for the audio quality. But I thought I'll make a quick video for the Q&A lecture of the month of December. I started doing this back in October. And you guys seem to enjoy this kind of interaction, right? Where I pick a question from the Introduction to Database Engineering Udemy course and uh, elaborate on that. So, um, as you know, I almost answer every single question that you guys uh, ask uh, in the Udemy section, uh, Q&A. And, but uh, usually, you know, when you when you type things in, it's, uh, it's really hard to... You know, I am a verbal person. I like to talk more than I type, and my, you know, my writing isn't that great <laughs> to begin with. But I, li- I thought I'll, I'll just uh, make a video to elaborate on one of these answers, and uh, we'll pick one, one or two questions and elaborate on them. How about we start? So, I thought I'll start with this question from Shabam: Why will any update in Postgres? updates all indexes corresponding to that table. Let's, let, let's rephrase the question a little bit, right, and, and explain that what, what exactly is that, right? So this is referring to the must-watch video uh, uh, lecture, actually, 
of how tables and indexes are stored today. So I really, really recommend you watch this before really starting the course because this is the fundamental things of uh, uh, building block that you need to understand and build upon yourself. Once you understand these basics, it's like understanding math. Once you understand how add uh, addition works, you know how multiplication will work. And once you understand how multiplication works, division just comes in naturally. Everything is derived from the thing that comes before it, right? You don't memorize, right, things usually like in math you never memorize an equation you know how it works and you derive it right you can solve anything by understanding the basic things that's why we need to do the same thing with any domain really engineering is one of them right we tend to memorize we tend to say oh it's the way it is oh mysql or or mongodb is faster it's just the way it is no it's just at the end of the day it's just basic building things, building blocks. And once you understand these basic things, you can. You don't need anyone. You don't need me anymore. You don't need anyone to tell you why is this better than this. You make the decision because at the end of the day, you ask yourself, okay, why is this? Okay, how does this work? You know how it works because at the end of the day, everything is I.O. comes to databases. And we try to be smart in databases and start, okay, what is happening really, right, when you're issuing a SQL statement? Once you understand what is exactly is happening, you must go to another database and ask the same question. How is this database system doing compared to Postgres? How is MySQL doing compared to Postgres? Because at the end of the day, they have to solve a basic problem, right? How to optimize I.O. You're writing, reading or writing to disk. You're writing to memory. You have to flush to disk. You, you want to solve the durability problem. At the end of the day, it's all, you know, first principles that you, everybody needs to adhere to. There is no exception. And uh, the problem is marketing gets into the way, oh, this is like in memory, whatever, right? Or this is like faster, or this is uh, on the cloud something, you know, it just jargon gets into the way and gets confusing. So with that other way, let's get in to the first question, which is why will any update in Postgres updates indexes corresponding to that table? So this is something I mentioned in the in the in this lecture. And we really need to understand that indexes are there for a reason, right? Indexes are there so that we right avoid searching millions and millions and millions of things whether these things are documents rows blobs who cares right indexes allow us to you know take shortcuts think of an index like this you're going to a secretary office this is oh find me company zebra right and there are a lot of uh, you know, entries, right? Find me the phone number of this company. It's called Zebra, right? You can take the phone book and search from A to Z, right? But an index says, okay, Zebra starts with a Z. Let's only search the Zs, right? Or the Zs if you're from the UK. And, and that's basically 
what an index is. It just narrows the search space. It's like, oh, why are you searching A, B, C, D, and all that stuff? Search only the things you need. That's exactly what an index does. It just smartly, based on the column that you indexed, builds a data structure, right, which needs to be stored, needs to be put in memory, needs to be IO'd. So you still need to manage this thing. It's not free. Nothing is free, right? So you build that data structure and you search it first. And then that data structure, that index will tell you, oh, go to this page and pull this row. It's it's there. It's 100% there. Or some indexes are, you know, uh, uh, probabil probabilistic. They tell you, eh, I, it's 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 definitely not there, but it may be there, and that's that's also useful. It's called blue filters. Very very useful stuff. So yeah. So once you understand that indexes are data structures that need to be stored, that need to be maintained, because the moment you update your your source tables with the data. You need to keep the index up to date, right? It's like adding a new, like a, right, a new company a phone number. You need to have the index, right, with the with the letter, have that point to the you know the right entry. It's the same thing. Now comes the question. The question says, when you in Postgres, this is specifically in Postgres, and again. Guys, don't get don't get caught up with definitions or implementation details. Just understand how how each database does stuff. You know, it's just it's just the way they chose to do this, right? Postgres, right, chose a specific design and they stuck with it. It has pros and cons, right? And I'm not gonna tell you the pros and cons because you're gonna figure it out yourself with logic and the indexes i said the indexes need to point back to the table right which page and which row it, they need to read right and when you do that what do we point to exactly we need some sort of a identification of the role right this is what is called tuple id in postgres at least Right? Every row you insert, it has a unique tuple ID, right? And if you update it in specifically in Postgres, you get a new tuple ID, right? But the row is the same, logically. So to you, the reader, it's the same row, but it's in different tuple. Does that make sense? Right? So one logical row could have many, many tuple entries, and each tuple has a unique identifier. This unique identifier is what the index stores, and this is what uh, effectively does the reading. All right, so where were we? We talked about uh, having index data structures that are kind of separated from this large pool of raw data where the table exists, where the documents exist. And these are multiple indexes. You know, because you can create an index on field A that will create a unique index data structure that will have X amount of bytes that will be stored in disk, that will need to be fetched, that will need to be put in memory, that will need to be queried, read, right? 
And you can have many, many, many of these indexes, right, based on your table, right? So let's say you have three indexes, each for each column. Column A have an index, column B have an index, column C has an index, right, which points back to the table. Now, this is a design choice that the Postgres team made. When you search an index, right, you found the value that you're looking for, the values with an S, right? Now, what does the value contain in the index, right? Because you're searching the keys of the index. The value, because it's a key value almost, right, concept, right? The value of the element is basically the tuple ID that we talked about, right? means that the tuple ID, this ephemeral thing that keeps changing, is stored on all the indexes. So now think about it. If I update my row, right, it's, it's a unique row, and I made an update to a single field there. A new tuple ID will be created based on Postgres design. Again, this is only Postgres. Some other databases do a completely different design. So and this is what I want you to keep an open mind. It's like, oh, this is not the way or the right way or the wrong way. This is just how it's done. You can come up with something to challenge any of the stuff that is being done today and completely revolutionize database engineering, right? And not in a fluffy way like we do it today, unfortunately. Everything is a fluff these days. Nothing is actually legit that is being discussed. So now, when I update my row, column A, right? what do we need to do? Right? First of all, we changed the content of column A. We didn't touch B or C, right? What happens in Postgres, Postgres creates an exact copy of that tuple, right? As a new tuple, you have a new tuple ID, brand new, right? But it's effectively, logically to you as a user, it's the same row. You just updated it, right? So now there is a new tuple ID. We updated field A, which has an index. B and C, we didn't touch. But here's the problem. If you actually look in the index B and the index C, right, and the index A, all of them have entries which point to the old tuple, right? Because each tuple, again, each tuple has a unique identifier. So all of these guys are, are pointing to the old one. Right, so regardless of this, all the indexes need to know about this new tuple ID. I feel like I talked about this, and I apologize if I did, but I guess it doesn't hurt if I repeat it. Right, so all these indexes need the knowledge of the new tuple ID, right? Because if someone starts searching, uh, let's say, index C, 
which we didn't touch, right, for a value that points to that row, they will find the old tuple ID and they will get uh, the old value. Yeah, see, it wasn't touched, but what if they did select A from table where C equal blah? The blah was pointed to the old tuple ID, right? So now they will get the old value of A, not the one we updated. So regardless, we need to update those indexes, right? To have the uh, new tuple ID, right? And that's technically a problem in in Postgres, and that's why Uber complained, one of the reasons Uber complained about Postgres about this, right? Because now, hey, I updated uh, uh, column A, why are you touching indexes B and C? So if you have a lot of indexes, right, then what you're going to do is you will end up touching, and when I say touching, you're actually physically updating doing IO, doing writes to these data structures. That's why I, I make you, I want you to think these are things that are not in the air. This needs to be maintained. And the maintenance of these is costly, right? So have you had a lot of, a lot of these indexes, then it becomes a problem. But Postgres, I believe that's another question, like called, invented something called the hot optimization, right? H-O-T, uh, heap only tuple, and said, all right, we really didn't touch B or C. We only touched A. So does A have an index? If it doesn't have an index, we have to update index A, guys. You change the representation of the row for column A. There is an index on A. We need to let the index A have the new value of that row right because the the b tree has to be reshuffled the b tree has to be updated the keys have to be put into place we need to do all of this stuff regardless this is an update to the a field which has an index so you have to update it field there but the performance optimization that the postgres team did is like what b and c shouldn't really need to be touched technically right because they they weren't touched, right? Why are you updating them? And that's what's called the hot optimization, which is right here. I don't know if you can see it from my face. It's right here, hot optimization, heap only tuple, which effectively keeps the old tuple ID in the index, right? But updates the heap table, which we're already doing because we updated the row, right? So that we do a pointer in the heap that the old tuple ID actually points to the new tuple ID in the heap itself. So that if someone came to the old tuple ID, we let them know, hey, by the way, if you want the latest representation of this tuple, it has been updated, it's not it. There is a new one here. And this is done in the same page, again. Watch this lecture, very important to watch this lecture to know what the difference between a page and a row and all that jazz, right? So the page has many rows and, and each row has many tuples, in, at least in case of Postgres. So now you will have these multiple representations. So there's, they inserted some metadata in the page 
that says, oh, oh tuple ID blah is actually, the, there is a new version of it. Go and jump to that. Some metadata. Keep in mind, only if the new updated tuple happened to be in the same page as the old tuple. Right? So what does that mean? Because a page has a fixed size. It's 8K in Postgres. It's 16K in MySQL. So the moment, the moment you update a row in Postgres, we create a new tuple ID. If there is a space left in the page, we're going to insert the new tuple ID in the page itself, which is this is, the beautiful, this is the best thing you can do. Because now if I fetch the page, all the tuples I need is in this page. The moment you start jumping to another page, that's where you need more I.O., Again, it really depends uh, about the disk size and, and, and the block sizes of the operating system, file systems. It's, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but just think of it kind of logically, right? If things is in the same page, then it's more efficient, effectively. So a lot of uh, DBAs configure something called the fill factor. Uh, how do you type this? fill factor. Google that if you want to know more about it. And fill factor is, is a page configuration that says, okay, fill this page until 80%. Fill this page until 50%. Right? When you start, when you create a new page, only fill it up until 50% and leave, what I understand is, leave space for updates and deletes so that we can use it for later. But when you insert, fill it up until X amount of percentage, 80%, 70%, whatever you've configured, and then leave it empty. And then when you do that, what will happen is that page will leave some empty space in it for future updates so that tuples that have been updated gets placed in the same page. Right. They will be reused. And that's that's basically the power of fill factors. Very critical, very, very critical configuration. When you become a BDBA, that's just one of the things you have to know, right? It's like, and there's configuring this based on the workload is it's really something. Uh, yeah, you get paid a hand over fist for uh, understanding these low level things, right? Configuring things. It really can break or make your architecture. All right, so that's that's basically it. So how to, heap only tuple only works if the tuple is in the same page. If it's not in the same page, all bets are off. We get update the indexes regardless of what we're updating. So that's basically why we're updating this uh, the the indexes. I guess this also answers this question, which is kind of similar. Uh, someone had a, a similar question here, which is like, I got a, I have some confusion regarding the hot approach for the right amplification problem, right? And I, I basically, I just answered basically this kind of question as well. And uh, so I, I guess I didn't talk about right amplification here. Right amplification is the idea of what we talked about. You do a single update as a user. Right. This is there is a lecture called right amplification in this course. By the way, guys, check it out. So I did an update. I touched field A in the row. That's all I did as a user. Select. I did an update statement, and I 
just touched this thing. That's it. I just updated that single wall. Didn't do anything at all. That only that column I touched it. But the the write that you think you did have an amplification side effect because that's not really the only thing that you have done technically. There you have indexes in place. You have uh, 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 pages that need to be sorted and shuffle if you have a clustered index that's another story that might be uh, uh, clustering that needs to be done so there will be indexes that needs to be updated uh, regardless of the ram process that those indexes might have a b3 rebalancing which will need more writes as a result which results in an in, in amplification of writes so you're doing a single thing but if you're looking at the io on this you see a flood of uh, a lot of writes right uh, uber saw this specifically when they were doing replication which i have a whole section on they had uh, they did a replication they said wait a second why is the network bandwidth overflowing Right. We didn't do anything. It's just a single update. They've seen a flood of writes, right? So that's when they say, okay, oh, we did another update, but we have 20 indexes that have been updated, right? And uh, uh, Uberware was, uh, was on an old version of Postgres that didn't support heap, uh, heap only tuples, which is hot, which they saw all this amplification as a result. Uh, Postgres team tried to simplify the heap only tuple problem, uh, the, the amplification by doing the hot optimization. They did have many other optimizations as well. All right, guys, that's it for me today. I'm going to see you on the next one. Hope you enjoyed this lecture. Talk to you later. Goodbye.